So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I am Matt, and this is a post-recording introduction to part three of Halloween Horror Nights 20, 20 Years of Fear. As you probably heard in the part two episode wrap-up, we had gotten so into our conversation about the houses and leading into the shows, we hadn't realized how much time had passed. So in post-recording and editing, I cut this recording up into two episodes. So although Quinn and Karen are not here to introduce this show for me, they are, of course, on the show, and we're going to get to that right now. In this episode, we feature the shows of Halloween Horror Nights 20, 20 Years of Fear, and we do our Wayback Machine pick. So here we go with part three of Halloween Horror Nights 20. All right. So moving into shows, we've got two shows. We're going to start with uh, Brian Bushwood, Menace and Malice. And we've talked about Brian yeah. before, right? Yeah, we have. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I did not see it. It's magic because it's listed as a magic show and I didn't care. Had I known Brian Bushwood would be an influential podcaster all these years later, it would have been a different thing, but I didn't know. Yeah, well, nobody does. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so um, we've talked about Brian in our past podcasts, or, or sorry, in the coverage of our past year. Please go take a listen to that. Uh, you'll hear about what he's doing, all of the good stuff he's done. We'll probably plug him a little more in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's doing all kinds of good podcasts now. He's part of several networks that we follow. Give him a listen to. Uh, happy to plug him any way we can. Exactly. Yes. Um, so that runs us into the wrap up for most of our seasons, which is Bill and Ted's <laughs> excellent Halloween adventure. All right, Bill and Ted's. Okay, so Bill and Ted's. So this year's stage, it looks like a big concert stage. On the left and right sides are lighting scaffolding. At the start of the show, there's red and green lights. The center of the stage, the main backdrop, are four or five, four or five, five huge stacks of speakers. So after you sit down, you get the intro. The intro is is a digitized voice. It's like I, the best comparison I have is the Stephen Hawking's voice modulator, and I don't mean okay. that. I don't mean that in a an, a dig at him. That's what it sounds like, but with a little more inflection. So it's obviously someone that's read these lines and it's been post processed, and the the video is a waveform. I have no idea what this is parroting, and during my search of twenties. Pop culture and technology changes, it matches the nothing. So I don't know what this is about. If it's referencing something, maybe this is the start of pop culture flying over my head, which is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that there's this huge meta joke in the intro about the noise being not as loud and as abrasive as it used to be because of a piece of property that universal sold, sold to develop apartment buildings on just 500 feet away from the stage which is true so 
it seems like the writers of Bill and Ted, which I believe this year is actually Mike Aiello, actually took the opportunity to take the Simpsons route and poke at their own bear, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I actually appreciate when people do that. There was a, I, I did mention um, that there's the warnings. I only want to mention the strong language warning this time because it was unique. They've never, they've always said the strong language warnings and they've put a little spin on it, but it's always just a guy or a woman saying shit, fuck, damn, hell, whatever. Well, maybe not fuck, but the other word, right? This time was a little more interesting and I don't know where it came from, but I loved it because the strong language warning was a spin and say. Remember those things? Oh, shit, yeah. Yep, so they had a spin and say. They pulled the string and it said, Jesse James says, I'm a cheating bastard. Oh, was that that long (laughs) ago? Yep, yep. Of course, we're getting getting closer to the modern timeline, so it's, yeah. They pulled the string again and it says, M. Night Shyamalan says, I'm sorry for all the shitty movies I've made. (laughs) (laughs) Then they, they pull the string again. It says, the BP executive says, he doesn't say anything. <gasps> yeah, then it, but then it says he doesn't say anything. He's too busy getting the shit kicked out of him by angry and oil-covered seagulls. Yeah. Then one more pull on the string, and it says the seagulls say, "Kaka, kaka, bitch, we will rock you." <laughs> and then the we, and then that's this is weird because the we will rock you. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, it's not weird. Um, the we will rock you. Starts, but it only starts for about two or three measures. We don't actually get to the guitar riff, which is where it usually breaks out. But we 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 um kind of meld into a montage of Bill and Ted shows of the past. This is one of those things where it's just like, what do you do? Because it's the twentieth anniversary of Halloween Horror Nights, but it's only the nineteenth anniversary of Bill and Ted. But it's a twenty year celebration, so it's they don't really say it's nineteen years of Bill and Ted, but they go and give it its it's anniversary clip as well. So there's like a two, three minute, not even that long, probably maybe like a two minute montage of Bill and Ted's in the past. It makes sense. Let, let them have their moment. Makes sense to me. I mean, what, um, now there's the, the one clip that I saw that you haven't mentioned. The text on the screen is new erections. (laughs) What? What? That's that. I'm I'm watching a little clip at the beginning and, and there's, there's a new erections before they go into their dance routine. Oh yes! Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. I got you. Oh, that's sorry. B- that's because that's because the uh, now that we had the um, the uh, montage, the yes. the uh, show technicians are given a two minute warning for yeah to set the stage for the show, including lights and whatnot. I, I get what you're saying. That's where the new erections come from. Uh-huh. So when the two the technicians that you get people skewering and they're futzing around at boxes or whatnot, and then as they're as the lights are coming up and the music swells, the music starts. Well, guess what? The technicians are they are dancers in overalls, which the overalls quickly come off. Nice. Yes. Yes. So after their dance number, the phone booth arrives. And it's Bill and Ted. And now we get an explanation for the setting. They have been on a world tour. They've been touring as Wild Stallions. They've been rocking their most excellent tunes and trick-or-treating. And those are their words. So (laughs) very cool. I don't know why that makes me laugh because I would do the same thing, actually. Well, maybe not rock, but I do other things and trick-or-treat because, (laughs) shit, you know how much candy cord I can get with a time machine? Oh, God. (laughs) Fuck. Get over the candy corn. I love candy corn. 
I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, as much as I give you shit about it on Twitter, I actually like candy corn too. It's <laughs> like, it's one, of those, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's easy to give you shit on Twitter about liking candy corn, but it's, just, I don't know. It, they, the texture is so awesome. Ugh, That's God, the thing with candy mental. corn. Oh no. The texture on candy corn is just, it's perfect. It's just, it's just it's, squishy enough and it's just ugh. resistant enough to your teeth. And then it's just sugar. So yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck. This is how sick I am uh, with candy corn. And people that have listened to anything in news, I would appreciate this. I've been trying to figure out, I have put candy corn in a beer and let it sit. And that's not candy corn beer. I put marshmallow and vanilla in there, and that didn't taste right. I have bought industrial-grade candy corn flavoring, and it's still not right. But I finally found something that works. If you put candy corn, like a good handful of candy corn, and cover it with vodka... You basically are making candy corn extract, and if you fortify a nice base blonde or lager beer with that, you, voila, have candy corn beer. Oh, I would drink one. All right. Just well, for, you will. You'll have a chance. For science. <laughs> Only for science, I would drink one. Because that's I, I don't need candy corn in my beer. Honestly, I'm more interested in the extract because, <laughs> yeah. you know, candy corn soaked in vodka that's something i'd do <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, in beer <sighs> see I, i'm not then again i, I like beer because it's bitter i don't like beer to have the sweet stuff right in it. right, right. anyway we're getting way off yes, topic we are. yes yes so okay with the trick-or-treating stage said bill uh and ted start pulling um stuff out of their trick-or-treat bags ted pulls out a bottle of old spice and they do the old spice bit the look at your man now look at us blah 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 blah, blah. we're on a stage that is apparently the year this started the i'm on a yep. horse one that's fine i mean it was funny then now now it'd be old but we're talking yeah, about no. it seven years later so bill yeah, no that's that stick, the old spice stick then was funny yeah it was right i thought i thought they were doing a really good job yeah so Bill pulls, goes into his bag and he pulls out a gong and it's a Gaga gong and he hits it and the meat dressed lady Gaga arrives. This is that year that she made the meat dress, but it's not the thinly sliced cuts of meat. We're talking big, <laughs> thick steakhouse portions of meat hanging from her and, and a rack of lamb crown. Nice. To, awesome. To which I either Ted or Bill say, check out the rack. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yes. So, uh, enough with the trick-or-treat talk. It's time for the concert. They plug into their, their guitars, and just as they do, we get this kind of wibbly-wobbly light effect thing, and the Doctor Who theme starts to play. And Doctor Who arrives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you'd love it. Christy loved it, because it's a David Tennant Doctor Who, and she just loves Doctor Who. Yeah. But anyway, Doctor yeah. Who's there. Really not a strong story um, uh, device, other than the fact that he says that He's there to tell Bill and Ted that they're dead, or they still soon will be, because the entire theater will be blown up. To, the entire theater will be blown to smithereens in about twenty to twenty-five minutes. So the doctor uses his sonic screwdriver to show them a quick glimpse of the future, and it's where Bill and Ted say, "Hey, we're totally dead," and that's about all the confirmation they need to realize that yes, they're going to be dead in a little bit. Okay. Now this is where the show gets a little weird. In the uh, timeline that we're recording. And this is what I messaged you guys about earlier this week. So the show is completely interrupted. Like we're talking like a dude in the audience comes out and starts yelling to the fact that he's not even Mike. This guy is such a plant that you're wondering what the hell is this fucking asshole doing? Right. 
it's part of the show. It's a talent executive named Richard Head, and he's a talent manager and executive producer, and he's there to rebuild. Wait, Bill and, what? R- yeah, Richard Head. Oh yeah, Richard Head. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's the name. He <laughs> goes by Dick, right? Eventually, yes. Yeah. So he's a talent manager and executive producer, and he's there to rebuild Bill and Ted, but not with Bill and Ted. And Bill and Ted say, you can't do that. We have fans who are most triumphant. The crowd cheers. And then Dickhead says, like most Hollywood execs, I'm going to ignore them and because you two are just too dated. Any other week that I wrote these notes would just I run by these, but it happens to be on the heels of learning that Bill and Ted is done this year. It was a yeah. really weird timing yeah. thing to put these notes together. Ouch. Uh- Coincidentally, I, I have a fake Facebook account that is Richard. That is Richard Watt. Are you serious? <laughs> Richard yes, Watt. I do. <sighs> he also goes by Dick. <laughs> nice. It's just too bizarre not to have mentioned. Because right. fuck, what the hell? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so this was weird putting that part of the nose together. So. I went past that. Actually, that's about the last that really coincides with this. But I was like, wow. Ugh, that's weird. Yeah. So he's recasting. In this case, there's going to be a Bill and Ted show, but it's not going to be Bill and Ted. So he's recasting, and we are introduced to the new Bill S. Preston Esquire, which is Justin Bieber. No. Oh, yeah. Back. Oh. yeah, he shows well, up a lot in our history of Halloween Horror Night, our, our three histories. He's good for a laugh, I guess. Then mm. maybe not. Now we get we get the whole Justin Bieber introduction, get a couple jokes at his expense, and now it's time to meet the new Ted Theodore Logan. Uh, this He arrives in the phone booth. Well, he arrives in a time-traveling something. We get the whole jets and a box appears. Uh, it's not the phone booth because it's been changed. Well, I'll get to who's in it first because they reveal the joke. It opens, and the new Ted Theodore Logan is Mike the Situation from Jersey Shore. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the biggest wow. reaction we got out of Karen in two episodes. Oh. Yep. And he's, of course, accompanied by Snooky. So this means uh, just because she's recognizing what you're talking about, that she's a Jersey Shore fan? No. Uh, how, uh. <laughs> I, 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 sense that, I sense that she just tasted bile in the back of her throat. Yes. Yeah. 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 Her proximity uh-huh. to the Jersey Shore makes it her way overexposed to it. Yes. Oh, so she is the Jersey Shore. Oh, no, no. Even I no. will defend that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck Jersey Shore is, so I don't fucking know anything you're talking about right now. I'm just slinging enough mud so that I'm hoping something <laughs> sticks okay. to care, and that's all I'm doing, right? Yes, I don't this know. Is, this is too low to be slinging to anybody. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, then, oh, I, yes. then I'll take it back. Uh, yeah. Rarely I take back anything I sling this at you. True. But if this is too low, I will take yeah. it back. I will take your word for it, take it back, and we can just move along. All right. Okay. Well, moving along. So, like I said, the phone booth has been changed. Bill and Ted actually notice it. Mike, the situation, I guess this is most for Karen and people listening. Mike, the situation explains that it's not a t- phone booth, it's now a time traveling tanning bed. God. <laughs> Now, to make matters worse, every time Snooky speaks, it surprises him, and he punches her right in the jaw. 
And he says it's because that's he's funny. <laughs> he's, yeah, that's yeah. funny. It, for Jersey Shore, it's supposed to be. It's not what it is. Every time Snooky surprises, it, or I, I should think back. My, uh, uh, he he explains he's on edge because this this is some scary Halloween whores night shit. Oh, that was like uh, I don't groan much of Bill yeah. and Ted out out loud. At least that one I groaned at. I'm I'm just waiting for this to be done. <laughs> this this particular part. So when okay. when does somebody kill these these Jersey Shore people? Okay, we're getting to it. Okay, this the tide turns a little bit. You'll appreciate this. Okay. So th- now, I guess probably maybe maybe having too much exposure on the Jersey Shore people. Richard Head says he has another client he wants to represent, but he's not sure of this client's mental state. So everyone, be on your best behavior. Don't look at him. Don't touch him. Don't fucking say a word because this guy's psycho here's my client my potential client mel gibson (laughs) this is is the crazy well well, (laughs) this is the certified crazy mel gibson times um (laughs) obviously the uh you make me want to smoke uh you know all that shit uh so he comes out in a uh brave heart outfit and he starts reading copy for an ad on the shake weight Nice. Yes. So he does. That's a- awesome. Yeah. I, I I don't know if they've done Shake Wake before, but they might probably didn't because they don't recycle much. So I, I'm glad it made it in. Yeah. It's supposed to be the year was out because that kind of came and went. So that thing was fucking hilarious. <laughs> he does his shake weight copy. He's interrupted by this really annoying ringtone, which happens to be a Justin Bieber song on Justin Bieber's phone. Mel loses it. He takes the phone from Justin Bieber and begins to scream and berate that person on the other end of the line. <laughs> and while he's doing it, here's the best part for me and probably you guys. The best part of this, as he's doing it, the the crazy music from Kill Bill is playing the meow, meow, I love that little, little bit. <laughs> Mel storms off the stage by screaming freedom. And that's the last we see of Mel Gibson. Dickhead asks, well, where were we? Bill says, this is the part. This is great. I love this. I, this is what I love about one of the things I love about Bill and Ted, loose story structure, because Bill says, this is the part where we get help from other pop culture good guys to take the show back. And lo and behold, that's what starts <laughs> to happen. So um, he help does arrive, but in the form of a pre-approved list of pop culture celebrities that Dickhead had on his list as he names them off. First is Drunk Iron Man, because this is the year of Iron Man 2. This is a um, this is. Not only is it picking Iron Man 2, but it's picking one particular scene in Iron Man, the party scene. But yep. yet, that's the fu- that's the scene they picked because, well, that's probably the most memorable scene right now at, all these years later. Uh, the last airbender arrives, and they ask him to demonstrate how he ends he uh, bends air, and he turns out to be the last bend over airbender. Get it? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, oh, that was <laughs> that was such a travesty. And this goes back to the M. Night Shyamalan thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Because, I'm sorry for all those shitty movies I made. Yeah, because, I mean, ha- have either of you watched the cartoon? Yes. The Last Airbender? I've seen some of it on Boonami, uh, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. I, I mean, it's directed at kids more than it is at adults, but the writing in it is really witty. I loved it. It's fantastic. And M. Night Shyamalan should go to his deathbed tomorrow. <laughs> For what he did to it. Now, give and me your unrestraint review. 
Oh, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> shall die by my hat. I mean, wait, what? Sorry. Uh, that was just fear talking. Even Loki jumped out of my <laughs> hands and went fucking running. <laughs> anyway. So we got a couple other good guys that arrived. Woody from Toy Story, which is always, I mean, just, just the name is alone. Endless mm-hmm. fodder for Bill and Ted. Hit Girl from... Um, Oh, oh shit! What yeah. is that? Uh, oh shit! Kick ass! Kick ass! Yeah, I don't know if it was one or two. Maybe one. I don't remember when it came out. So one of them. Uh, Edward and Jacob from Twilight. We've got a Twilight running theme for a couple years here now. Mm. <laughs> so, so then they start to work together. They thwart Richard Head, and just about when they're going to execute their master plan, take out all the bad guys and take over the theater, the mastermind behind everything appears, and it's Doctor Evil. And at first, I'm like, Dr. Evil, that's a little dated. And I'm like, oh, my God, 20th anniversary. Who else would you have behind everything in Bill and Ted on your 20th anniversary? Of course, it's got to be Dr. Evil. He's been behind so many great Bill and Ted's. Yep. Yeah. So now here's where this is where it's like I really had to. I I, I don't think I've done as much research on the subject as I have on the, the subject of the people involved in this not halloween horror nights i do that almost daily but for the people involved in this reference i don't think i've done as much research on this as i have for this dr evil put an iphone under everyone's seat and it's wired with explosives if he sends just when he sends a signal kaboom everyone blows up i actually had to research this like to the date of airing to make sure i this wasn't the reference i was hoping it was it's not the funny thing about this is, is that that same year, 2010, in November, and it was absolutely positively November, I've triple verified it, November is when Oprah Winfrey gave everyone an iPad under their seat in the audience. Oh, shit. If she had just fucking done that in July, this would have been such a different show. Yeah. Well, did she steal that from Bill and Ted? <laughs> no, I'm saying if, they, if, if she had done this no, in July. No, 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 I'm saying... Oh. Did Oprah Winfrey see that show and steal this from Bill and Ted? Oh, I doubt that. No, uh, I, I'm i thinking, I'm starting a conspiracy theory right now. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to Reddit right now to start a conspiracy theory about this. I'm just thinking how this much. This is just too good to be true. How much fun would it have been to have Oprah Winfrey as the main villain? Oh, shit, uh, yeah. But it actually gets, in my opinion, because of my personal experience, a little better than that. Dr. Evil tries to send the signal, but it doesn't work. And why doesn't it work? Because it's the year of the iPhone, and he's one of the few victims of the grip of death and has no signal. (laughs) Much like me, if you recall, Quint. I do recall. I do recall. Uh, I was was very dismissive of this. Now, I was working for Apple at the time. Full disclosure. I was on the iPhone project at the time. Full disclosure. I could not reproduce this. Like I tried like over and over and over again. And it apparently only if you have a certain uh, electricity signature in your body or something, a lot of the general population could reproduce this readily. And you were one of them. You saw it with your own eyes that same year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I went, I was like, huh? I didn't believe it until now. Cause nobody I knew could reproduce it. And then Matt's like, Oh, here, watch this. And I puts his finger there. And I'm like, Son of a bitch. Yep. Can I have your finger? Because <laughs> hey. I wanted to take it home take it back to work and repro it. Now that was I was seeing this in Orlando, so I would have had to amputate the finger. But 
I didn't see a problem with that. I love the fact that that was the the thwart for the villain in this because I just felt a personal piece of vindication in that. (laughs) And with that, everyone survives and it's time to celebrate. And we dance and sing, of course. And that is the end of Villain Ted. So pretty damn good Villain Ted for me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds fun. Now, here's the weird thing. Like... You and I had that interaction over iPhones that year, and I you still hadn't taken me to Halloween Horror. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, this is a failure on your part oh, as I know. a friend. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gee, I haven't made up for it since then. It is your fucking Christmas present every year. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's terrible. That's not what I was saying. Oh, okay. I did not say you hadn't made up for it. Oh, okay. I was just saying... Up until that point, it was your failure as a friend. Okay. Well, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, you've made, well, you've kind of made up. <laughs> kind of. Okay. I'm still working on it. <laughs> you, you, no, no, no. I'm saying you still need to keep making up for it by continuing to buy me a Christmas present. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, let's so, wrap this shit up. <laughs> so, to, I have a couple of really interesting notes that I, I at least I thought they were interesting. I think you'll agree. First has to do with scare zones. This is one of the first times we've talked about and certainly never experienced no scare zone in Central Park. Yes. They go from uh, the Halloween Horror Nights 20 anniversary to Fear Revealed and nothing in Central Park. And that's always been one of our favorites. It has. Um, uh, I, I And I can't help but think so this is also one of the, one of the earlier times that they've used the Embarcadero area instead. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, I understand so, why. Yep. Yep. Oh no, I understand why I, um, now thinking back to what you were, what we were talking about, about scare zone number five, which was, um, the, the, whether you want to say it, sea oven or <laughs> cove N or one of those Hades. Two, or Hades. Um, anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's number between number five and sunset Boulevard, that, that whole area that we were just talking about. I like both of those areas equally. Okay. They don't use number five anymore. They've still been using the sunset Boulevard sort of, uh, what did you call it? Central park. Oh, central park area. I'm 50, 50 on that. If they go back to using, uh, you know, eighth Ave. I'd be happy losing the Central Park area. Okay. Let's see where you're coming from on it. Now, ideally, we would just start going to seven scare zones. Yeah, right. Instead of six. And I would be wicked happy. Actually, eight scare zones. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I would be really happy to see one year where they just said, sorry, we have taken every street every walkway, every pathway and turned it into a scare zone. If you're coming in, you're going, you're, you're, you're meat, right? Like if you're coming into this place, you are meat. There is no safe zone. There's no place where you can be. Okay. There is nothing you can do other than the queue line to save yourself. Everything oh, is a on. scare zone. You got to have somewhere where you can eat your twisted tater and beast. Okay, so like uh, a, a like a, this, this this you know dotted line around the bar zones. Okay, whatever. 
Okay, so that's half the. That's you know, it's funny. It's uh, now that's you true. mentioned that. It's park. park. That is that is the one place you never get fucked with. Is in line at the bar. At a bar, yeah. Right, because they want money. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, but I just want to like I want to go to a Halloween Horror Nights where all bets are off. Like you know, other than the concession areas, you're fucked. They've had it no be- no safe zones, scare zones before. Have they? Yes, you've been to them. When? I think 21 is when it started. Not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, but I want like like I want planned scare zones for like every inch of this. Like I want 20 scare zones sort of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Well, they're kind of doing it this year with roaming hordes with those undead clowns. You should be excited oh, about that. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That the best announcement of the whole day. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, Karen. <laughs> this is like the first year of Halloween Horror Nights that I was like, are you really ready for this? <laughs> Do you have enough Depends? Dep- oh, my God. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's like that many clowns. Like, I deal with the clowns at Halloween Horror Nights because it's usually... It's usually not terrible, but this year is going to be, wow. The other thing I had was about the houses, and this is the first year that they had the automated boo windows. Up until this point, they would drop the windows and they had to put them up by hand, and they had no safety sensor, nothing like that. So any stupid drunk tourists that put their hand Mm -hmm. in there could get their fingers pinched. But more importantly, the... um, the the character that was putting it up by hand could have gotten hurt, got his finger pinched. I mean, I say pinched, but we're talking crushed. We're talking black yeah. fingernail, you know, painful, something they shouldn't have to go through to be trying to entertain people. This is the yeah. first year where they had the uh, button where it drops and then the second button where it raised with pneumatic. So this is the introduction hmm. of the automated boo holes was in 20. That's an interesting behind the scenes fact. Yeah. Very much so. Okay. Um, and that leads back to the Wayback Machine. So where are we going? Scare Zone and then House on the Wayback Machine on Bill and Ted's phone booth. All right. Um, Karen, Scare <laughs> Zone. It. It's like, you're still thinking about it. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. Um, I think Scare Zone would have to be the uh, the 20 years of fear. The, the initial think. warehouse one. That's what? that's a that's a good choice. I can't fault yeah. that one. How about you, Matt? You uh, were at all of that was that's my that's on my short list, but hands down, only because of my personal history with Halloween Horror Nights and where the sh- the show, this series, this podcast is going. Really, from ten minutes now <laughs> onto the future, saws and steam, saws and steam. I'd love to see that again. So. They're pretty much all on my short list. Um, Zombie Gras, only because of Shit, how I much. I forgot about Zombie Gras. Well, you can change your answer. <laughs> nah, that's okay. I'll go with Saws and Steam. So Zombie Gras, because how much fun I had with Vamp 55, that that blending of these two like genres of things, right? Like, whatever. It worked so well, and they did it so well. Zombie Gras is like really high on my list. The Coven... Coven <laughs> whatever you want to call it sounds aids really cool but i am agreeing with matt and saws and steam because of what happens next episode yep all right 
have to see the beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that goes into the houses, the mazes, whatever you want to call them. Same order, Karen. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with, I don't know. They all sounded really cool this year. Kind of a toss up. But I think the legendary truth. Wow. Mainly, okay. Yeah. Mainly because of that floor scare. Sounds really awesome. <laughs> Matt? All right. Um, I can't argue legendary truth. It was fun. The floor scare. That's a great argument to go to that. But I am a fucking addict when it comes to Halloween Horror Nights original properties. And I got to go through psychoscarapy in my Wayback Machine. So that that was not a good argument because Legendary Truth is just as much of a Halloween Horror Nights property as Psychoscarapy. Yeah, it's moments like this. I'm glad I'm the editor. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so those are the two that are on mine, too. But I, ah, fuck you. I, I hate to admit this, but I'm going to agree with Karen. Oh, my God, you two are like. I know, I know, man. I, I'm going. I'm going. Legendary truth. The win dot estate. Whatever win and dot estate. Whatever the fuck it's called. AIDS. Because yeah, AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just. It just sounded like. It just sounded like the the sleeper of the whole bunch. To me. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to say it. Actually. It's a, it was a sleeper, but then you went into it. It's like, it was like Texas Chainsaw. We all kind of, it's like, Hey, yeah, it's really cool. Texas Chainsaw is a movie that holds up, but you know, it's, it's a house. There's so much other stuff. I'll see it and blah, blah, blah. And then like we fuck out of 26 going, fuck Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the win, you know? So it's like that, that, I can relate it to that. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm begrudgingly agreeing with Karen. Nah. And now I am going to go brush my teeth with bleach. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our coverage of 20. Before I forget to say it with the Wayback Machine fresh on our mind, please let us know what you want to go back to. we got some great answers for 19. I'd love to see what people would love to like to see if they could go back to 20. So please uh, message us any way you want on our Facebook page at Neos As Podcast, on our Twitter page at uh, Neo's as, or if you want to send us a email, you can reach us through our contact form at neozaz.com. You can also find our past episodes there. Our past episodes are, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Intune, and just about every, at least every podcast player I know of. So you should be able to find it pretty easily. Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, and of course, anything under Neo's as. So we will be back. As far as our regular coverage goes, we go into 21. I have been so looking forward to this moment. I've been looking forward to this moment since even pitching this idea to Quint. Yeah. Finally get to have one-on-one discussions, opinions divided. Discourse. Yes. We don't have to listen to your voice all the time. Yes. And then we, <laughs> we're we going to have opinions divided on stuff, which is going to be the, oh, yeah. the the fun of this, the 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 corner this series is turning. Quint, finally, it, we're at the year that Quint finally was introduced to Halloween Horror Night, so everything changes on the show. I can't wait to get started. So, like I said, everything changes here, I think, for the better. Going to be a lot of fun. Please stick with us for that. Tune in to the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Quint and Karen. 
for joining me on another epic run of another epic year of Halloween Horror Nights. Wouldn't have missed it. That's your answer, Karen? Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So, all right. And thank you to everyone listening once again. And we'll see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.